Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Keyshawn Johnson, J. Williams, Freddie coming in for Max Kellerman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, series X and Channel 80, as well as TuneIn presented by Progressive Insurance. We got so much to get to involving the NBA and also college basketball championship week heading into Sunday for Selection Sunday. Always good to bring our man Seth Greenberg from ESPN College Game Day and ESPN Basketball Analyst. He's giving you that straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Seth, I'm going to start the NBA. I want you to check out what Stephen A. Smith had to say on first take about how he would feel that if he was Kevin Durant and he saw Kyrie Irving go for 50 the other night versus the Charlotte Hornets. He scored 50. So Kyrie could do that in his sleep any night he wants to. That's how electrifying of a talent he is. What we talked about and what we lamented, doggy, that he ain't available. This is who he is. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and when I saw Kevin Durant clapping like that last night and everybody raving, I got ticked off. Because that's exactly what Kyrie Irving wants to do. See, he wants to skip half the season. He don't want. He want to work when he want to work. Then he want to show up. He puts on a show, and then everybody gets caught up in the show and forget the fact you ain't available half the time. Lies, 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 lies. What? What is your lie about that? <laughs> hey, hey, that mic needs to get fixed. How about now? Am I back? Here we go. All right. It always works better when the mic is on. Yes. So, Seth, you heard what KD had to say. About, say Stephen had to say about what being upset. Where do you <clears> stand <throat> on that whole thing with Kyrie Irving, who's not going to get vaccinated anytime soon? Yeah, I mean, look, here, KD went to Brooklyn to win a championship. He can't win a championship by himself. He can't put in a championship with one of the best players in the world playing half of the games. He can't win a championship when you don't have time to develop a chemistry and a trust that you need to grind out and win playoff games. So, is Kyrie an incredible talent? Sure, he's an incredible talent. But you know what? An incredible talent that plays half of the games that you don't know he's going to be able to play in the playoffs and which games he's going to be able to play. If you got to win four games in a seven-game series, all your games at home, say you get home court, which you're not going to get. If, if you get home court, you're not even going to have them for the four games you need to win closing game number seven. I agree with I agree with it. And it's rare that I agree with Stephen A., I have to admit. But I agree with it. Like to but see, me, but he said, I don't, I don't agree with this whole narrative. Like, oh, he's just trying to find an excuse. No, I don't, I don't think play. that. Like, that's, uh, I'm I, like, don't I, push that narrative. But, but I, here's what I will say, Jay Will, and you're going to disagree with me, but I'm, I'm going to say, like, it's always something with Kyrie. It's always something. Yeah, it's getting but he, away with the evil spirits. It's, you know, these people don't <laughs> like me. They don't like me. LeBron, I want my own team. I'm going to go here. He won it's a championship always, with LeBron, though. He did win a championship with LeBron. Look, I, he's a great player. But to win a championship, two things you got to have to win a championship. And this, this is the same problem I have with Brooklyn moving forward with Ben Simmons. All right? You got to have it the ability to develop a chemistry and a trust and, and a cohesive unit because that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is you got to have players with championship pedigree. And, like, Ben Simmons is a great talent. But name me the last guy that won a championship that was fragile. Mm. 
All right? Like, that was fragile. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, hey, wait, 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 wait. Magic fragile? LeBron fragile? Bird fragile? You name all the great players that have won championships. All right? Name me one that one of your leaders is fragile. Because in the end, there's going to be a time in a game. There's going to be a time in a series where you've got to bow your neck, all right, and, and, and just – Block well, out all the static and competing. Katie and Kyrie, they will be the leader of oh, the yeah, team. Oh, yeah, they will. They will be the le- it won't be Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons will be a third. He's going to be the five man. Yeah, they'll play him at the dunk spot. That's, and that's, I think that's actually the best position Or for put him. him in ball screens. Exactly. Well, we look, man. Agree. It, it, see, Seth, I agree, with, I agree with Stephen A. Except the fact that he's finding a way to not play the games. But as far as trying to be, you know, KD, like I told these guys earlier on the show, we had the same conversation. KD came to Brooklyn to win championships. All that he cool, he my buddy, I get him all that ain't gonna when you when you're not in that championship game at the end of the year and somebody else is, Ooh. all that friendship stuff, Ooh. they ain't no, because there are going to be people in your ear telling you, man, if you had him full time, y'all the one everything. Y'all the one everything. So you damn right, Katie should get mad if he go down that way. I know I would be. Oh, there's no doubt. Let me ask you, Jay Will. I mean, you know Katie pr- really well. All right. He says, oh, man, you see Kyrie, he was unbelievable. He dropped 50. He can do it anytime, and he's unbelievable. He's a- you think that's his way of saying, like, dude, like, we, we need you. Like, I, I think, of course, Kevin Durant knows that they need he's Kyrie. He's playing Irving, Jedi I, mind games with him. I will subscribe to how Freddie Coleman broke this whole thing down maybe 45 minutes ago. When you know how people react to certain behavioral tactics, mm-hmm. right, if you were to be that person that says, if you were to treat Kyrie Irving the way James Harden did, like, you know, I'm out, I'm done. Like, that relationship is done. It's not getting the best out of Kyrie. So I think KD knows Kyrie the best, which he's he's like, look, I'm, I'm not going to attack this guy publicly. 100%. I'm never going to say anything, even though he's probably frustrated by it, because he understands that they're in it for the long haul. I agree. No, you catch more bees with honey. Exactly. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, everyone likes to get stroked. But the long haul, as you know, Coach, the long haul ain't going to be there all the time. Teams are going to get better next year. And teams are going to get better after that. Everybody's not going to sit around and just say, ooh, they got Ben Simmons, they got Kyrie Irving, they got Kevin Durant. Let's watch them go to the championship. They're no, not going to watch the 2 one go to the championship because I'll tell you what, those guys in Philadelphia, I know it's a small sample size, guys, but let's say 132 points a game. Games become easier for Maxi because the ball's out of his hands. Those two guys in a ball screen is an absolute joke. Harden is a shot creator and can score anytime he wants. And when you're a shot creator and can score anytime he wants and just overpower people, man, let me tell you something. That's just, I mean, like James Harden and Joel Embiid, name me a, a, a twosome in a ball screen, Jay Will, that has been that dynamic where they each complement each other. I'm, I'm, I said it's a chance to be the best PNR that we've seen since John Stockton and Malone. Yeah. Offensively, it's scary. But let me. Let me ask you, Seth, as a coach, like you are so in tune with personality traits. Like I've yeah. seen it over the years, right? Something you have to be. Including good. you and me. Yes, every single day <laughs> when we work together. That's why we make good TV. If you were Steve Nash, would you have Ben Simmons at the game tonight sitting on the bench? Yes. Why? Because he can't run from his demons. But he is running because he's, he's got not to, playing. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's got to face it. He's got to go take it and get through it. Like if not, eventually he's going to go to Philadelphia. Eventually, he's going to play again. Get rid of it now. Like, I, I thought what Doc Rivers said was great. Like, the world's going to continue to rotate on its axis. It's really not flat, Kyrie, by the way. All right? So, no the world's going to continue to rotate on its axis. No need for a jab. On, right? Go on with your point. It's going to continue to rotate fired. on its axis. So, like, here's the deal. Get it done with. 
All right? Have your one time where you go back to Philadelphia. All right? Exercise They're your demons. Booing. And then well, who not, cares? Oh God. Exactly. But no, does that but does that really get you over your demons sitting there getting booed? You it, think you think all of a sudden closer. when he, he steps back on the court and he has to shoot a free throw and he's getting that's a completely different so type of Kyle Corver. Jeez. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I guess Corver. I don't understand. Because it never bothered me what people say and boo, and I just never, I don't care. That motivated so you, like, Key. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, I'm playing in a game of basketball. It's five people on the defensive side. I got the ball coming up the court. I don't even hear the crowd. I know I, it motivated Jay Well. Attention. I mean, I know it motivated you because oh, you yeah. played you, you you played your best games at Carolina, oh, yeah. right? I, well, I know well, I'm. I think Key, just like he's built, I know I'm built differently. I, obviously, Ben Simmons is different than those two. You know who's built differently, though, Freddie? Jim Beheim. Uh, yeah, Jim Beheim's definitely built differently by the Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Yeah. I'm at Seth Greenberg <laughs> from Bald Man on Campus Podcast. Hit him on Twitter, Seth on Hoops, joining us in ESPN Radio. Yeah, Jim Beheim. He played the ultimate defense lawyer defending his son, who had an FSU player in Syracuse's window of Florida State yesterday. And I saw the play. The kid pushed him twice, and he swung around and hit him. And I think it was inadvertent, but that's okay. No, I don't think he hit. I just, just, he just swung around, and it was contact. The kid pushed him twice. You can't just let people push you around. Seth, I wish people could have seen the look on your uh, face. You put your head in your hands when you heard what Jim Bayheim have to say. Floor is yours on this one, brother. Go. Look, I love Coach Bayham and I love Buddy. Coach on Coach, Coach on Coach Crime is about to happen. Really Coach is. on Coach Crime, but I mean, come <laughs> nope. on now. I mean, look, here's the deal: the rules, the rule, the rules across the board. It's for everyone. All right, closed fist punch is a fight. A fight is automatically a one game suspension. Uh, the officials didn't see it in real time. That's a problem. It would have been a flagrant two. He would have gotten thrown out. But the league will still have. Uh, went and reviewed that play, and he probably would have gotten the, the game suspension no matter what. But, mm-hmm. like, here's the deal. Buddy's a great kid, true. He made a bad decision, true. Cause and effect. What's the result? The result is a game suspension. Is it terrible it's his last game? Yeah, but you can't change the rule because it's his last game. You can't change the rule because he's the coach's son. You can't change the rule because they're playing Duke. The deal is, you know, you, you take responsibility and accountability, which Buddy did, actually, in his statement – to what happened, and then you move on. Unfortunately, it, 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 it's sad for the kid, but that's just the way it is. If Jay Well did it, if I did it, if, you know, like quite a, the DB takes, takes a swing in that, that handshake line with Michigan, mm-hmm. you know what? Automatic. It's a game suspension. It's a close fist. It's a punch. That's just the deal. I feel bad, but you have to move on. But see, Seth, I think the sad part about this is I agree with what you're saying. You take responsibility and accountability. And I think Buddy Beheim had, essentially has done that to a degree, sure. right? I think what's disappointing is I want to see Jim do that. Not I think happening. that's an opportunity for Jim to do that in that moment. And I love Jim Beham as a coach. So do I. We had him on the show. He's a really dear friend of mine. He helped me out of my career. It's just in that particular moment, you want to see Jim be like, you know what? What my son did was wrong. Yeah, he was wrong. But it's his son, no, Jay. But Key, I can tell you when my daughter or my son does something yeah, wrong. Yeah, but you know, but you know, come on, man. You know how people are. They go protect their own. If it yeah. was, a, I was going to ask Seth, do we no, think it would be different wrong. if it was another player? Would he then approach it differently? But it's his son. So he's going to protect his son. No, Key, I, look, I, you, you, you do to a point. Uh, you know, but I think in the end, he's got to also understand he's got to walk in that locker room. He's got the rest of his team. And I think the rest of his team is sitting in that locker room going, it of was course. May, you know, what would happen. Oh, yeah. And Buddy's really, really well liked in the locker room because he, he's got a great passion. He's and a great I'm, teammate. And I'm sure like, 
Let me just finish this. Buddy get away with everything. Well, no, here's the deal. Buddy, Buddy is really Julie, which is so kind and gentle and sweet. Now, I would have expected Jim's wife. Yeah, Julie's Jim's wife. I would have expected that from Jimmy. Jimmy's more like Jim. Right. You know, crusty and, you know, and and, and, and a grinder. So it's out of character. The rules are the rules, and they apply to everyone, no matter who is is involved. And and it's, like I said, it's unfortunate for the kid, but you cannot adjudicate it differently because of who he is, who his dad is, and that it's just going to be his last game. Just the way it is. I mean, you deal with it, and you move on, and Jim is not going to – he's not going to retract. In fact, you know, I'm going to have to go in. I've got – I've got a whole slew of text messages from him from last <laughs> night because I went right on the air right after it happened. I said, mm-hmm. look, here's the deal. He's got to be suspended and, uh, because I think the rules are across the board and we don't, we don't make, you know, you know and, Jim, and quite honestly, as you know, Jay Billis took up for saying the punishment doesn't fit the crime, but actually the punishment does fit the crime because that's the way it's written in the rule book and you've got to apply the rules uh, to all participants. Seth Greenberg will be on TV all day today doing raps on ESPN and ESPN2 because we got ACC basketball, we got Big 12 basketball, we got SEC basketball. He's going to be all over, so catch him all day today. Great stuff by him joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Also, appreciate you, Seth, man. Have a great day, my friend. Appreciate Thanks it, Fred. Does he have the greatest voice in the world? I said the voice of God. I said I mean, him, it's it's between him and Morgan Freeman. Hey, hey Freddie, you're unbelievable. By the way, you're great at what you do, but uh, that voice is just, boom, it's mesmerizing. Uh, nothing from me. All from the man upstairs, God. I leave it up to him in those hands. Let's Look put it that way. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. It's like a preacher Stop. at church. Look at that. Yeah, okay, now, incredible. Now we're all going to you know where now. <laughs> 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 blasphemy. Pass around that basket. Get <laughs> Seth on Twitter at Seth on Hoops. Don't forget about college basketball. We got the ACC tournament quarterfinals. All day long, 11.30 a.m. and then 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We switch gears. We pivot. We go from college basketball and the NBA back to the NFL. And a team with a new name, they have a new quarterback. The Colts are trading Carson Wentz to Washington. When Russell Wilson chose to go to Denver instead of coming to Washington, they pivoted and moved on to plan B. They had to find somebody, so they're going to take a chance. They're rolling the dice. They're gambling. I'll say, I've said earlier this week, and I'll say it again. The three most popular sports in this country, the NFL, college football, and the NFL offseason. Only the NFL can have something that happened to Calvin Ridley on Monday seem eons ago with all the stuff that's happened since then. Russell Wilson, now with the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers, staying with the Green Bay Packers. And then yesterday, Dan Orlowski, as he's going to say on ESPN NFL Live, Carson Wentz on his way to Washington with the commanders. And Dan Olowski says because of this move, this could possibly happen. This is a team that was 6-6 six and six last year. 6-6 six and six with five games to go. They went 1-4 in those final five games, and they were all against the NFC East. I believe that if the Washington commanders with Terry McLaurin, who's, Carson Wentz has never had a receiver like that, if they get 27-7 and seven interceptions out of Carson Wentz and maybe a little bit better – yeah, then they're going to have the opportunity to win their division. They'll be right there with the Dallas Cowboys because we don't know what the make of the, that football team is going to be until free agency gets over. So I still think Carson Wentz can play good football in the league, and, and, gonna, and we need to see it at a consistent basis. No, he's right. I think he still can play good football in the league, and you, you will see it at a consistent basis it, with the Washington Commanders because if you think about it, one of the biggest things that – happens to quarterbacks is the coaching staff thinks that they can do more than what they can do. And I think that that's what happened a little bit in Indianapolis. They took the football out of Jonathan Taylor's hands with an offensive line that gave up some sacks at times. 
and put the ball into Carson Wentz's hands because they felt that he could push the ball down the field. If you think about the Indianapolis game against Buffalo, how did they win that game? They dominated Buffalo on the ground with Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. And that is what you have to do. And they didn't do that. This is a great recipe for success in Washington with Ron Revere because he wants to run the football, he wants to play defense, and he wants a quarterback that can only make a handful of throws. And that's it. And that is how you win. That is how the Rams went to the Super Bowl. They didn't go to the Super Bowl on Matthew Stafford's back. They went because of the defense. They ran the ball when they needed to, and he made a few throws to Cooper Cup and OBJ that made the difference in the game. So I think Carson Wentz could have a little bit of a rebirth in his career. He just won't be the guy throwing for 5,000 yards. You see, Freddie, I've had three hours now, three and a half, four hours that we've been talking about this subject, so I've I've thought through it more and more and more. And I I originally said, hey, look, on paper, I feel like between Antonio Antonio Gibson, you know, you talk about McLaren, uh, I think that's the best wideout that Carson Wentz has potentially had in his career. He's never had a number one wideout option like that. It, it, it feels right. And okay. I also start talking to myself, like, do I really trust Dallas? Like, you know, like, it seems like down the stretch, Dallas, even though they have all the talent in the world, it seems like they always kind of, they want to mess it up. They want to play with it a little bit. I just still don't know if I trust Carson Wentz down the stretch when it matters. And I know that you can stick with your game if it's on the ground the same way the Colts did it with Jonathan Taylor, who was an MVP conversation, and you have that in Gibson. But when you need your quarterback to make a play in a critical juncture of the game, there's still a part of me that just doesn't know if Carson Wentz is that guy. Well, okay, I'll trampoline off of that. Key, I want to ask you this question based on what Jay just said because we know how loaded the AFC is with quarterbacks. If Carson Wentz has stayed with Indianapolis, he's not a top-ten quarterback in the AFC. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But now he's in the NFC. In your opinion, Keith, where does he rank among NFC quarterbacks right now? Mm. Mm. Uh, He's in the top ten. <laughs> yeah, he's in the top ten, right? Because if you go – Top seven? Let, is he let me, top let me seven do it, Let me do it really fast in my brain. Okay. AFC West, let's just say – let's assume no, Jimmy NFC. G – NFC, I mean right? NFC. I'm NFC. sorry, NFC West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's three quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks that's there: Jimmy G, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray. Let's okay. move to the NFC East. Okay. There's Dak Prescott, and Matt Ryan it. in the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. In Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah, he's in the top. He's in the. If you think, yeah, Kirk Cousins. So he's in the top ten. I think you missed a certain Eagles quarterback. Yeah, like no, you didn't miss him. Yeah, do you like? No, I didn't miss Jalen Hurts. I just didn't put him in. He, and I yeah. said in the top ten. Yeah, he didn't miss Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, no, he's in. He's in. It's that, Carson Wentz. You, you would take Carson seven, Wentz eight, over Jalen. Nine. See, he's, he's he's seven, eight, nine, ten, key, somewhere in there. Key, I would take Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz. I wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't take I him over. You probably. How did he get run out of Philadelphia? What do you mean? It's even even to me based on how Carson Wentz played for the the Colts last year. It's even with Jalen Hurts. To me, it's not even because 27-7, and Jalen Hurts is still a newbie being a starting quarterback. Second year. You're right. He hasn't had enough time, so I'm not going to put him over Carson Wentz. Whatever Carson Wentz. How about about this, Freddie? How about the upside of Jalen Hurts? Who is better upside, Freddie? Okay, but uh, no, better upside still right now. I still think it's Carson Wentz. No, I, I fear oh. the known. I leave the unknown alone because we still don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to do. I've seen it with Carson Wentz, where he almost won an MVP. I saw it last year before he flamed out 
in the final two games, especially against the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, he played he played well last year. That's why I say it's even because Jalen Hurts led his team to the pro to the uh, playoffs. I, so I get it's it. Even. J- to me, it's not even because Jalen Hurts' skill set to me is going to be a little different, especially in the Philadelphia Eagles offense with Nick Sirianni. I think his upside can be. I hope for his sake. As a Cowboys fan, I don't. I want him to flame out. I don't want him to destroy my team. But I understand the upside part. But if Carson Wentz gets anywhere near what even what we saw last year for the first 15 games. Yeah, it's different different styles. styles. Yeah, I hear you, Keith. It is a different style. But I'm going to trust Carson Wentz because I've seen what he's been able to do other than the last two games of the regular season. You can't ignore that 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions is something that you can say that is below Jalen Hurts. He made some throws that made you go, okay, he certainly did. But I think that Jalen Hurts showed me some stuff last year as a first-time starter leading his team to a playoff uh, playoff position, although they went into Tampa Bay and got destroyed. It, it's it, it's about even. Now we'll see moving forward what it is. But it, the, the original question was, where's Carson Wentz? I would say he's in the top ten. The top ten. Terrible. <laughs> it's – I know, but you have him more so around the 9, 10 range of 16 I said teams. 7, 8, 9, 10, man. <laughs> 7, 8, 9, 10. <laughs> only 16 teams. That's a lot of numbers there. It's only 16 <laughs> teams. 7, 8, 9, 10, man. 7, 8, 9, 10, wherever you want. When you start getting past 5, it doesn't matter. He's, he so, rounded oh, up, Jay. Oh, Jay, that's even round, better, so it doesn't matter, Freddie. Yeah, you, you know what? He's in the doesn't matter category. Yeah, no, key rounded up and doesn't matter. He went from 5 <laughs> to 7, 8, 9, 10, rounding up for that standpoint. Keyshawn Johnson, that's him. Jay Williams, that's him. Freddie Cohen, that's me in for Max here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as tune in. But back in Philadelphia, we know, unlike Ben Simmons, Sixers fans will not pass up their shot to shoot to boo him. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around. Different stressors, I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com.
That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hello, Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams. I'm Freddie Coleman in for Max Kellerman on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as tune in. Don't forget, first take coming up in 30 minutes. You don't dare miss it because our man Stephen A. Smith does a great job with it all the time. He's going to join us right now. Jay Williams is going to be with him. So we got a pregame show for you right now, KJM. Good morning, Stephen A. Smith. How you doing, brother? What's up, man? How y'all doing? We're good. We're good. We're gonna, take, we're gonna take What's a listen. We're gonna take a listen. What you said yesterday after Kyrie Irving scored fifty points against the Charlotte Hornets on Tuesday night for the Brooklyn Nets. He scored fifty. So Kyrie could do that in his sleep any night he wants to. That's how electrifying of a talent he is. What we talked about and what we lamented, doggy, that he ain't available. This is who he is. You see what I'm saying? And and, 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 and and when I saw Kevin Durant clapping like that last night and everybody raving, I got ticked off because that's exactly what Kyrie Irving wants to do. See, he wants to skip half the season. He don't want he want to work when he want to work. Then he want to show up. He puts on a show, and then everybody gets caught up in the show and forget the fact you ain't available half the time. SA, I have to ask you, brother. I know I know there's history, and we've talked about this multiple times on first take. But this decision obviously has been different, right? It's been about the vaccine. I know that the counter argument could be, well, it's always going to be something. But, like, why are we still pushing this narrative that Kyrie Irving is looking for any way to take off games when we know that this is about the vaccine mandate and the private sector mandate? Why? We're not, look- we're not looking for anything. The comment that I made yesterday was that he's electrifying. He's spectacular. But we don't get to see him enough. Now, I understand why, Okay. And I haven't been on that tip about the vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine. My position has been always, and it's not going to change. You keep asking this question, Jay, about why are we on this tip? It's a very simple answer to that question because my position has not changed. My position is my position, which is this. They're in Brooklyn because of you. People in Brooklyn don't get to see how spectacular you are because you're not playing home games. It's that simple to me. And whether it's the vaccine, whether it's the riots at the U.S. Capitol, whether it's him getting injured, whether it's him taking time off, whatever the case may be, we're not getting to see enough of one of the most spectacular talents this game has ever seen. So when he drops 50 the other night, I'm like, this is what we could be getting most nights, watching this brother play, marveling at his greatness. And we don't get an opportunity to do that for whatever reason. Because in my estimation, there's always a reason. And that's what I lamented. The fact that we don't get to see that enough. That's my position. It's been that way since day one. It's that way now. And it ain't going to change, no matter what Jay said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love when we go out like this. Because my thing is, I, I, see, I don't think this really bothers KD. And, and SA, you and I, we talked about this. We both know Kevin. He, he's very different in his approach. It might personally nudge him here and there that he can't have his running mate. But at the end of the day, he's not going to treat Kyrie the, the way James Harden or the way sometimes the media treats Kyrie because he knows what type of reaction that will have from Kyrie. And he also knows that they're in this for the long haul. And if you do have him and Kyrie on the court together – then their chances, when that does happen, KD does believe that that can equate to winning a world championship. Let me ask you a question, Jay. Let me ask you a question, Jay, because I'll openly confess. I give you a lot of credit. You know how to get on my damn nerves, okay? So <laughs> let, me ask you let, me ask you, let me ask you this simple question. Who gives a damn about what KD feels? And I don't say that to throw shade on KD. 
I'm simply saying, you want what you want from the game. KD doesn't dictate what Jay Williams wants from the game. He doesn't dictate what Keyshawn or Freddie Kobe wants from the game. You decide that for you. And if you are a basketball fan, you want what you want. When they talk about KD, Kyrie, and James Harden being in Brooklyn together, we want to see them play together. They gave us, what, 16 games together? 16. The three of them? Yeah. You don't even have 50 games together in three years with Kyrie and KD on the same court. Now, we can go through the multitude of reasons as to why that's not the case. But the bottom line is we ain't getting what we expected, what we wanted, what we drooled over. When we saw KD go to Golden State, regardless of what I thought about him making that move because it so drastically shifted the balance of power, KD, Steph, and Clay, we saw them play. It came to fruition. We marveled at the greatness assembled in one squad. So all of a sudden, there was supposed to be these three, and you play 16 games together. It's supposed to be the big two. We got less than 50 games together. At some point in time, Jay, it can't be about all of these psychological, cerebral, intellectual explanations that you can throw down. At some, time, at some point, it's got to get simple. And the simplicity of it is, damn, we ain't seen a play together. Period. I'm getting tired of all of this other stuff. Everybody got reasons all over the damn place. At the end of the day, you want to see him play, and we ain't seeing it. That's the bottom line, which is why tonight is such a big deal, because KD and Kyrie are going to be on a court together in Philly against Harden and Embiid. Well, I it's see, the best matchup of the season. Let me ask and you this. we get to look at it. Why, why, why is Ben Simmons even in the room? Why is he? What's the point of being there if you're not going to play, S.A.? I don't I don't, even, I don't even understand it. I don't even understand it. Let me tell you something right now. He ain't got no business there if he ain't playing. He ain't got no business there if he ain't playing. We shouldn't see him on the bench in Philly. But all of a sudden, you in Brooklyn, you, you, you smiling, you laughing, you standing up, giving people high fives, and, and, and you can't play. So what's it going to hurt? Physical, that, so, physical so, injury. So what's it hurt that he's on the bench, though, Stephen? Hey, he traveled with the team. It's his team. I'm not saying, he's there to support them. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it hurts, King. What I'm saying is this: the brother doesn't have a single physical malady to speak of. Physically, he can run. He's got no injuries, no ankle injuries, no nothing. They can talk this back stuff all they want to. They lying. I'm accusing them publicly of lying. This is about him avoiding playing in Philadelphia. And what I'm saying is this. You physically able to play. You ain't fighting. You ain't getting in the but why, but what makes the you, ring. But what makes you what makes you think he's avoiding playing in Philadelphia if he's traveling to Philadelphia? He's gonna get the same treatment. Oh, but Listen, playing is different I've though. I've had Keith. a whole bunch of people, and I'm quite sure that Jay has received these same texts. I've got people throughout the league texting me saying it's a travesty what Philadelphia is doing because they got no business doing this. They got no business having him travel with the team and sitting him on a bench. Now, the explanation has been they want to prepare him mentally and emotionally for what's coming. So if you expose him by sitting him on a bench now, even though you're there to support him, and you do that now, then what will happen is he'll be better prepared come playoff time in the event that Philadelphia is your opponent and you got to go to Philadelphia to play. That's the explanation. That's Bush League. That's so horrible. We both know, you and I know, ain't no difference sitting on the bench. There's a difference between sitting on the bench and actually playing in the damn game and shooting the ball. 
I so agree. let me ask you this before we let I you agree. get out of here, Stephen A., because I know you got to get to your show. When will Ben Simmons play then if he's not playing tonight in Philly? When's the next time we're going to see him on a court? They're, talk, they're talking about it's going to be in the next couple of weeks, okay? I personally believe it's just my personal belief. No inside information, no intel, nothing like that. It's just my personal belief. I think what they have been doing is protecting him from having to go to Philadelphia, and they're trying to gloss over it by keeping him out a few more weeks, and then that way he gets to bypass the Philadelphia game, and then he gets to come there and nobody can sit up because it's not like he can show up and play tomorrow. Then he'll really, really be crucified. So there's plausible deniability as, to, as it pertains to the legitimacy of this supposed back injury that he has. I think it's all BS. I think the Nets have capitulated, uh, and they're pacifying him to the umph degree. You know, and, and there's a lot of smoke that's going to come his way in Philadelphia tonight, and it ain't going to go anywhere for years. That's the thing that Ben Simmons needs to recognize. It's not going anywhere for years. I worked in Philadelphia for 17 years. They will be doing this to him for years to come. Okay. Trust you me. And that brother show up in that building tonight in Philadelphia, it ain't going to be pleasant, and it ain't going to subside for years to come. I promise you that. Mm. Stephen, what's coming up on First Take today, my man? We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, we got the big game tonight. we got Carson Wentz. we got a bunch of other things. It's Stephen A. is first take. What else I need to say? You know you what I'm saying? J.M.B. needs to get beat up. <laughs> J.M.B. needs to get beat up. Keyshawn's been gone for a while because it takes some time to recover. You know, but it's up. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to you soon, Stephen A. Have a great show. Uh, right, brother. Love y'all, man. Love, love y'all, man. Oh, love much y'all. love back. Oh, oh, by the way, it. first take starts in 20 minutes on ESPN. Our man Stephen A. Smith on Coach Molly Curum. And Jay Williams is going to stop by. But before he does that, he's still got time here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Keyshawn Williams, Jay Williams, Freddie coming in for Max Kellerman on ESPN Radio. Oh, yeah, we're going to get you, just you ready. Keyshawn he's Williams, called Keyshawn Freddie? Williams. Yeah, yeah, he did, I'm but sorry. I was going to let, let him. I was going to let him stay smooth and keep it going. He, nah, Keyshawn nah. Williams, I would say, damn. Let's hit the rewind button. Another one named after me, Jay. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Freddie coming for Max Kellerman on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. We're going to continue to get you ready for Ben Simmons' return to Philadelphia. We're going to be back in less than two minutes on most ESPN radio stations. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X Channel 80 and tune in. With Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams, I'm Freddie Coleman in for Max Kellerman. So everybody anticipating. I'm surprised we've been able to keep one guy behind the scenes, which our main name was Alan Yates, from losing his mind as a 76ers fan. Gentlemen, he's been waiting for this day just to get at Ben Simmons and have his Philadelphia brethren throw tomatoes and lettuce and cheesesteaks and bricks and whatever they're going to do. Ben Simmons is going to be on the bench 
Not playing, not. but on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was okay till we got to the bricks. <laughs> I didn't mean anything by it. It just came out from that standpoint. Either way, Steve Nash, Brooklyn Nets head coach, had this to say about Ben Simmons making his return, even though he's not playing for Philly. I'm happy to talk about it. I, I, don't, I don't think he's... Uh... I don't think he's um, naive to think that uh, he's not going to get some, some some booze. I hope he enjoys it. That's a part of the game I miss. Do you, Steve, do you think it's good for him to be there? Yeah, it's great. You know, he's, on, he's on our team. He needs to be with his teammates and, and get the whole Philly thing uh, out of the way a little bit. I mean, it's maybe not the most way, but uh, the first time it's always nice to kind of deal with yeah. it. And move on. You know what I really wonder, guys? And I, I want to believe what Steve Nash said as true. But there is a part of me that really wonders if Ben Simmons will enjoy being booed, being heckled. And that's part of the problem I have, right? It, it, I'll get a chance to see mannerisms, facial expressions, all that stuff tonight about if he truly embraces it. But I, I will tell you, like, it, this whole argument that is being set up about, hey, this is the first step coming back and just kind of witnessing that energy, I do not care what anybody says. I've been on the sidelines as an athlete. I've also have been on the court. When you're on the sidelines, it's easy to act like you don't care. When you're on the court and you actually have to take that shot or you actually have to take that play, your engagement level with the fan base is a little bit different. Most people can block it out. Key, I know you blocked it out. I blocked it out. I actually use it as ammunition. But I wonder about how Ben Simmons will be able to handle that pressure when he's actually on the court as opposed to just sitting on the sideline. Well, you said block it out. And that, that would be my advice, recommendation to Ben Simmons, is when you step between those white lines and that hardwood floor, the rest of the stuff, don't, even, don't pay that no attention. Stay focused at doing the things that you have to do, the task at hand. Make sure you're doing those sort of things. I don't know the man. I've only met Ben Simmons once, maybe twice. And the conversation lasted all of about 60 seconds. So just looking at it from afar, people seem to think that he is a weak-minded individual because he decided that he didn't want to play in Philadelphia anymore because he struggled. And he looked at it as the fan base was getting on him in the end. At the end, not in the beginning of his career. So he wanted to get out of there. Not only did did he have a fractured relationship with some of the teammates in the coaching staff and the front office, he just didn't want to be there. So everyone's assumed that he's weak and he can't handle the booing and all of the crowd and all that sort of stuff. Do we know that for a fact? Do we know he can't handle it for a fact? It's a fair point, Keisha. I'm glad you brought that up because this could be – Ben Simmons' way of handling his demons or moving forward because how people handle things can be conducive for them to make sure they can make the best of a bad situation or try to get past a bad situation. You would handle it one way. Jay would handle it another way. I would handle it another way because we're going to do what we feel is best for us going past and getting past something. If this is Ben Simmons' way of doing that, it's not just going to be beneficial for Ben Simmons, it's going to be beneficial for the Brooklyn Nets because now you don't have to worry about that kind of baggage following him and staying with him if this is his Freddie, way to get past it and Freddie, deal with that. Freddie, this is going to stay with him for the rest of his career. But like, that doesn't mean, like, Jay, that he won't be but, able to deal with it better because with dealing him, with no, his Jay? way. I, I hear you, but like, Freddie, sitting on the sideline 
and getting heckled. I, I, I don't understand how that's I, – I guess I, I, I hear what you're saying. That could be part of the process. Mm-hmm. But if well you're willing to – process it, thing then. Well yeah, done. but if you're willing to absorb that being part of the process – and that's going to be that's still going to be a different type of feeling when you play. And Key, I hear what you're saying, just block it out. But it's been apparent that but Ben Simmons hasn't been know? able to block it out, Freddie. But how do we know he hasn't been able to block it out? How do we know that? We don't. That's a fair. We point. don't know that he he wasn't taking shots at the beginning of his career. Not not the way it was at the end of the playoffs. I, I under, but that doesn't mean that was because of the fans. Maybe it was because he just didn't feel comfortable I, shooting the but, basketball. But see, but see, Key, this is. It's not just fans. It's the vitriol that you see from everybody around him, even social media-wise. Even Shaq was on TNT saying that, yeah, Ben didn't like what I said, and he hit me. And he was like, I don't, you know, blah, blah. And Shaq was like, yeah, but that's not it. So, like, it's the, the criticism that he reacts to off of it. Like, if you don't care, then don't care. But it's a, like lot, Kobe, of athletes, yeah, it's but a wait. lot of athletes out here in this damn world react to criticism. Uh, Agree. So, Kobe reacted to criticism, but then Kobe came out and whipped your tail. Right? Like, I've seen athletes react to criticism to come out and react to the criticism, and that's in their play. Ben hasn't done that yet. That, that's well, why ben I get worried about Ben hasn't done it because the criticism really just started to mount. Oh, he no. didn't play. That, that uh, criticism's been on him the whole time he's been in Philly, brother. I'm just Not to this level. Not to this level. Okay, Alan Yates. Not to this level. Wait, not to this level, but Alan Yates, you're, you've been a Philly fan, Pat Castello. Has the criticism always been hard on Ben? No, I, I mean, honestly, like, we, Philly fans give him the benefit of the doubt since the day he got drafted until almost the day he left. Like, exactly. it, wasn't, it wasn't that hard until sort of the end of his run there when he completely quit on Philadelphia and uh, his team. Okay, I'm saying. That, and that's why I say, how do we know? But, Key, from a national we perspective, don't. we've been comparing this man to LeBron James. When he first played, like, the national perspective was he is LeBron James minus a jump shot. You know what that comes along with when you still don't shoot the rock? Or there are videos of you each and every summer from somebody who's in the trenches I, I, on this. I, I, every I, summer it's like, oh, that's the summer. He's going to shoot I, the ball well today. I, I understand all that, Jay. But we don't know if it has affected his game. You don't know that. So I don't know why we say because he's going back to Philly, he don't want to play because he's scared and this, that. We don't know that. Well, we'll get a good idea tonight. The look on his face because if he, I, I tell you, if I'm Ben Simmons, I'm inviting Extra the booze. Extra security? Yeah, no, I'm no. inviting the booze. No you security know key. Boo me, but I'm gonna be here the next time, and I'm gonna have a jersey on. I'm gonna bust you in the mouth. If well, I'm Ben Simmons, I hope, I hope, I, I hope that happens, Freddie. We'll see. It's going to be extra security because Freddie once said bricks. <laughs> <laughs> We're back tomorrow, KJM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.